Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and with me in the Rabbit Hole studio today is a uh, good friend of mine and fellow content creator, Mr. Hernan Ferrer. Welcome, Hernan. Thank you for having me here. Hey, man. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to finally get you down here. About to say, I know it's been a while. You've been telling me for a while, it's just been hectic, but I'm glad to be here. I love the setup. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, you, yeah, I know you slept uh, all the way down here from uh, the top of Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's up in the Heights yeah. uh, up there. So today we're going to talk about DSLRs for filmmaking. DSLRs as opposed to video cameras, as opposed to mirrorless cameras. And uh, Hernan and I have both been DSLR shooters. Yes, we have. So we're going to kind of contrast, compare, talk about who they're good for, who they're not good for, what the advantages are, what the disadvantages are, and see uh, if you should get one, if or if you should be using one for your type of filmmaking. But first, uh, before we get into that, Hernan, let me just get your background. Tell me, like, uh, give me your origin story. How did you get into filmmaking and what kind of filmmaking do you do? It's an interesting thing. Like, um, I just, I feel like I jump from different type of arts, I guess, art forms. It's like, um, when I was younger, I actually wanted to um, become, art. like, I used to draw. Um, I actually tried to get to high school with, like, doing, like, a drawing competition and stuff like that. And, um, I don't know, it was just like, it went and started with that, then I went, I got into poetry when I got older. And um, worked, I did my poetry stuff for a bit. Um, I got one thing published in one, um, a local bookstore and stuff like that, and you know, I, I loved it. And just, um, filmmaking just came in an odd place. Like, um, it, was a, it was an odd time. So at that time, I, um, I got reacquainted with my close friend and fellow partner, um, film partner, Aramis Martinez. Um, we started, you know, we went to school together. And he wanted to become an actor. Um, we talked about, you know, collabing. I would do some poetry and then have him do some stuff. And then um, we started talking about maybe writing a script together. And we wrote something. And, you know, it was just playing around. And, I don't know, it kind of flowed well. So then from there, at the same time, I was actually... Um, um, what's the right term? I was booking bands in, like, local spots in um, LES. You were working as a promoter. Yeah. So it was like I get the bands, I put them in different locations and, you know, work like that. And then um, the one thing that really messed us up was the fact that, you know, we had all these shows, but we had no kind of pictures, no video, nothing to show how the night was. So one day I got really tired of just like, not having a camera and stuff like that. I bought a DSLR. And from there, you know, I started messing around with pictures and then I started doing film, um, like picture, um, video, and then I don't know, just started growing for it. I, uh, I started, um, the love for it started growing. I started really just like watching videos and like tutorials. And funny enough, like when I was young, like I originally went to high school for media technology, but then I changed my major to psychology uh, semester in. So then, you know, just like I just found my love for, you know, just working with a camera and. Really, it just came down to like me just reading books, looking at YouTube tutorials, and then just working with other people and just getting, you know, learning from them, seeing what they do, how they, you know, how do they do everything, and then put it in my own style. So you started out um, basically like an event shooter. Yes. Um, and you still are to this day a, a hybrid shooter. You're doing video and stills. Yes. So um, what type of like um, more like fictional, you've done like fictional narrative and documentary as well, or more fictional narrative in terms of uh, shooting? I've done more maybe docs type of work. Uh, more, I've done a lot more interviews than anything else. I originally wanted to do more narrative work. I feel there's more, 
it's, it's, um, it's not you're not being creative doing interviews, but like I think you have more space to like really make some something more creative in a narrative work. But um, quite frankly, interviews, interviews and videography pays a little bit more. Another thing, right off the top, uh, uh, full disclosure. Uh, we're going to talk about cameras that we own. Uh, we're both yes. uh, Canon shooters. We've used other brands of cameras, but this is by no means a paid or endorsed advertisement for anything that we're going to talk about. Uh, this is just ha the gear that we happen to be experienced with. So uh, you're a Canon uh, 70D? Yes. Okay. So, and you've been using that. You've been shooting uh, red carpet events? Yes. And other type of events, and you've been doing photography with it. Yeah. Um, have you done fictional narrative movies with it? Yes. What type of stuff have you done? Like short films, web series? I definitely shot um, a few um, few episodes of a couple web series with it. Um, I shot music videos with it, and um, there was I think one narrative one narrative issue I did with it. Um, it's a good camera. So let's talk about like um, because we both use other types of video cameras as well. Yes, I've used the Canon Cinema Line. I've used a bunch of different kinds of video cameras. Uh, recently, uh, this year we did a short film on the Black Magic Cinema Camera. Mm. Uh, I've also worked with like the C two hundred and uh, worked with the mirrorless uh, A seven S Mark II. So, but let's just talk about the the DSLR for right now. Okay. So, what are the advantages as you see it of DSLR shooting? I, I know what I I think about it, but what do you what do you see as like the advantages of using a DSLR as opposed to a video camera? There's, you know, one thing I could say is just it's way more accessible. You know, let's like say for if you wanna like you buy you could buy a DSLR for maybe four hundred four hundred dollars and up. So it's very accessible. so price point wise. Price wise is is yeah. golden for the simple fact that if you want to get maybe like let's say right now a C one hundred, C one hundred Mark two, right now brand new is thirty five hundred dollars. Right. And you know thirty five hundred dollars is something that you know is an investment. To me, it's all about lenses. Yes. So you can for, for you can get a Canon Rebel or an equivalent model. Uh, not that there are other, other, aren't other models out there that shoot decent video, 1080 uh, video, and you can get good glass for it. Yes. And then if you do upgrade, you can still use that glass on a C100 so, or yes. a C200. So I, I see that as a big advantage. Of course. I mean, unless you, unless you need something to broadcast, which, you know, you need a good color space for that, is the, you know, DSLRs aren't the best choice, you know? Um, but um, if it's going straight to the web, or if you want to have it for your own personal work and it's not going to broadcast, I say this is the perfect thing to buy. It's, it's where you made a exit example. It's like you okay, so let's say thirty five hundred dollars. Now with that money, you could buy the camera, a rig, lenses, and lights. Because the whole thing about it, at the end of the day, camera is good, but you also need lights. You have to make sure you have sound equipment. Yeah, if you're setting up a full video uh, system and you, you know, obviously everybody only has so much money. I mean, if you're listening to this show, you only have so much money. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would venture to guess that most of my listeners are not independently wealthy. Um, but yeah, you're right. You, you, um, the, your camera body. Um, while you need a good camera body, but you shouldn't be going for the most expensive camera body out there. Um, you know, we've you talked about the C100. We've talked about, we did a review of the C200 recently. Yeah. Uh, that camera's 7,500 bucks, you know, and if you, if you don't have that much money to play with, uh, you know, you've got zero in terms of lensing. Now, you know, DSLRs, you'll get a good image, 
uh, you'll get an image that is usable. And I've even seen stuff shot with a DSLR that's been used on the big screen. Yes. Um, you know, I mentioned it in the last show of the show before, the movie A Space Program was shot by uh, Van Nystadt and Tom Sachs, uh, his movie about his art project as a documentary-type film. That was shot with a Canon T2i. You know, um, there have been other shows, like I've seen shows that have been shot with a Canon 7D, uh, stuff that's been shot with a 5D. Um, for my show, Watch This Film, we used a 5D Mark III. Yeah. Looked great, you know, and uh, I've been using a Canon 80D, which is just uh, like an upgrade from yours. Oh, got yeah. a few different bells and whistles. Uh, but, you know, I got to say, for vi- for a non-video camera, it shoots pretty darn good video. Um, and you could shoot, you could probably do small movies with it. Yeah. I would say, uh, you know, small movies or a web series. I, you know, I do, like if you're looking to put something on a big screen, that's probably where you're not going to yeah. have maybe the dynamic range you want. See, that's the whole thing, yeah. Like the, dyma- the dynamic range will be an issue because um, most DSLRs, you probably get maybe the, the dynamic range could range around 8 to 10, give or take. With, In terms of stops? Yeah, depending on the uh, DSLR. But um, it'll, it, it really all depends, like... Like, look at the movie Tangerine. That was shot on iPhone. What I liked about DSLRs initially was the, well, price was the biggest one. I think that's the biggest advantage yes. right there is price. Yes. But it was the uh, the fact that you had so much control in terms of, as opposed to shooting with like a phone. Yes. You know, like you're going to have control over your aperture, your ISO, your shutter speed. Uh, you're going to be able to get a filmic look and a filmic motion blur easier yes. than you can with, you know, using Filmic Pro or something like that on your phone. Absolutely right. um, and the And the lenses. Uh, you can get... You know, a Canon's cheapest lens is probably was like 125, 150 bucks for the, the Nifty 50. Yeah, give it uh, take. that uh, one and the 24 millimeter pancake. I think some of the other advantages are if you were a hybrid shooter, if you were a, a photographer and a videographer, uh, this is. Uh, you know, this is one one piece of equipment as opposed to two. Exactly. And you can get uh, great images with both. I think another advantage is if you want to do stuff like time lapses, you know, uh, which you and I shoot a lot of time lapses, uh, you can definitely do that much easier with a DSLR yeah. uh, and get some great effects, exactly. you know. And the great thing about doing time lapses is that if you're shooting them in photo mode, you're getting a much higher resolution than you even would with a video camera. No, you're absolutely right. You know, you're getting because your your sensor is my sensor is like 20 megapixels. When you're shooting 1080, it's like two megapixels. Yeah. So you're getting 10 times the quality in each one of these things, and it looks great. And you can put it on your reel, and it looks like a really great shot that you took with a really expensive camera. Um, but you don't need you know you don't need to spend three grand on a camera body. So in terms of you know like what they're good for, what they're not good for, I'd say. Not good for, um, well, you do events and stuff with them. Like, you do, like, red carpet stuff yes. and things like that. I mean, like, it is a little bit, um, DSLRs can be a difficult in under, like, in event spaces. Um, it, it really comes down to the lighting, and that's the big issue. So, depending what DSLR you have, what's, um, uh, what size sensor you have, will be a big factor on how it works in the low light. Yeah, so if you're shooting in a low light situation, it, it, it can be tricky. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, also, you know, if you're shooting long events, you know, DSLRs have that thing where they cut out at like yeah, 29, 29 and a half minutes or yeah. something. So, you know, if you got somebody doing, uh, if you're trying to shoot a play or if you're trying to shoot a musical performance that's two hours long, 
don't use a DSLR. Don't. That's I mean, the, only, the only thing you could do, which is if you have two DSLRs, just cut one while the other one's rolling, and then cut, and then you know take take turns cutting. Yeah, I've I've done that myself. Where <laughs> that's the only way. Um, or, you know, it's actually it's not bad as a second camera, if no. you have a if you have a video camera that you can run cons- consistently, and then you know use your DSLR for for spots. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're it's very limiting. So let's talk a little bit about DSLRs and versus mirrorless. Okay. Now you've used which which mirrorless cameras have you used? I used the um, eight, the um, A7, uh, A7S II. The Sony's. Yeah, they're very popular right now. Very popular. Uh, and um, you know, we shot a commercial uh, with the Sony A7S Mark II. Okay. Uh, great little camera. The only thing I wasn't crazy about it's small, it's light. They have Sony has great lenses. Um, the only thing that uh, would take me a while is the menu system. Yes. Diving yes. into that Sony menu system, as opposed, to, well, because I'm I've been a Canon dude for so long. You have the buttons right there, and, it, and the it's, dedicated buttons as you know yeah. take you there. But did you find any difference in terms of quality? Were you like shooting 4K with it? Because um, that is one advantage. Is a lot of the, the Canon DSLRs for the most part don't shoot 4K unless you get like a what the uh, Mark IV, the or the one D. Does the Mark yeah the, the, Mark and the, and the, the 5D Mark IV and the and the one DX uh, yes. both have uh, 4K. But if you're buying those, you might as well be buying a C100 or you know a C200. Like C200. Paying around the same price. Right, um, but you know, but you wouldn't be able to do stills with those cameras. So no. it really depends on what you need. Exactly. So in terms of the differences between using the two, what did you find in terms of you know like ease of use, quality? Um, and if you were going to invest in something again, would you still stick with a Canon DSLR or do you think you'd go mirrorless? I know I'm putting you on the spot. This is, this is if, you, if you look at all my stuff, I always tag Team Canon. <laughs> I am that person. I am that person. And I love Canon. And quite frankly, like, I think Canon is great. I think you know the, their camera system is one of the best ones they, they, there is. Like it's very, it's very user friendly. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Very uh, the ease of use um, for me is huge um, because you know a lot of times when you're shooting, uh, even if you're shooting a fictional narrative on like a low budget, you still you're running and gunning most of yes. the time. Like you have to move quickly. Um, not that you can't do that with other camera systems, but I think the the ease of use and ease of use and the and the color science of yes. Canon, I really appreciate. I think you get uh, really true, and I don't really have to tweak my images that much. Huh. Whereas with uh, like a Sony or a Blackmagic, like we've used the Blackmagic cinema camera and shot in completely flat, like yeah. you know, if you're using like S log or Cine profile, you have to correct those images. Yes. So I, I would say if you're like if you're a vlogger or if you're doing a lot of internet like vlogging or running and gunning, you might be better off with something like a Canon DSLR yeah. just because you're going to be able to use images pretty much straight, straight out of Canon without tweaking it that much. Whereas the Sony S-Log and stuff, it's more made to be color corrected. Yes. And if you're using a Blackmagic, that's all that's about all color that, correction. All, color, color yeah, all about color correction. Um, but so, you, I mean, you, you've... At this point, you've preferred Canon, but um, I in prefer terms, Canon. But, but if you were going to shoot, well, it depends on what you're going to shoot. So if you're going to shoot, because uh, I think a lot of people out there in our audience are going to be more fictional narrative type shooters. Are they going to want to make a feature film, their first feature? They're going to want to do a short film. Okay. You know, um, would you would you go with something like a Sony mirrorless or a Black Magic as opposed to a oh, DSLR? Black Magic. 
You go with the Black, Black Magic? Magic going away. The, uh, which camera, though? The quite Ursa frankly, Mini or the... Quite frankly, any, like, even the Pocket is so powerful. The only issue I have problem with the, with the original Pocket is the fact that it's like a Super 16 sensor. So, but that's the whole thing. Like, these cameras, like, when it comes down to um, Black Magic and then um, the GH, the Panasonic GH series, these are cameras that really need to be used where the lighting is correct. You know, you have, you have everything lit well. They're not meant for, like, low-light situations. Now, if you are, you have, a, you have a small budget trying to get stuff going, I would probably go a, um, Sony for the simple fact is, let's say maybe you, you could afford one light. Maybe you could afford, you know, you can't afford everything. I, like, I just worked on a project with the camera and with one light. And which I, which camera did you use? I use the A7S. Too. Oh, so the, yeah, we've used that one as well. Um, I think now, also it it depends on do you need 4K as yes. a po you know um, we used 4K on this commercial because we were doing a zoom in post. Okay. And we couldn't okay, yeah. we didn't want to move the camera. It was a one single shot, and the whole thing was that you know there's different people in front of the camera and it's zooming in at the same time. Well, we, you know, we didn't have a rig to do a push in something, so we did an artificial zoom and post, and the 4K allowed us to do that. Yes. I like the A7S as opposed to the Blackmagic, because the Blackmagic 4K cinema camera, for one thing, uh, it doesn't have external batteries. Yeah. Uh, also, it shoots on these big SSD drives, which I wasn't crazy about, and beautiful image. Yeah. But the process of the image afterward I wasn't crazy about it because you had to, we, we shot 4K raw, so you had to run that through DaVinci yes. to boil it, to get it down to uh, ProRes yeah. 422 in order to put it in Final Cut and edit it. Um, and that's another thing to consider too is what do you, like A, where's your finished uh, product going? Like, yes. And I would say, you know, if you're going to, if, if it's going into a film festival and it's going to be projected on a big screen, you know, uh, you might want to consider 4K. Yes. But realize that your post budget is going to double. Yes. If you do that, because you're gonna have twice as much data to deal with. Um, and you know, the, the other thing I liked about the Sony, and now the Sova A7S Mark II, I think, is about three grand. Uh, and but the so a new little bit under. a little under three grand. I think the new one, the A7 that just came out, is like two. Um, and it's got really great. Uh, 4K, really great autofocus. It's got a really a lot of nice future features, and Sony is going to come out with some great glass. So I, I'm kind of wondering at this point what Nikon and and Canon are going to do. Are they going to try to come up with something similar in terms of a 4K mirrorless camera, or are they just going to leave that for the center line? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, because what they just came out with the M5, right? Yeah, the M5 is is uh, is mirrorless, um, and it does 4K, but it doesn't do 4K great. Yeah. There's a huge crop in factor, and eh, you know it's 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 a smaller sensor. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I don't think it's the I don't think it's the camera you wanna you wanna use for for fictional narrative no, work fictional anyway. Narrative, no, of course, um, no. But like uh, the the point is that. I think what we're trying to say is like you can use anything really. Yes. Like you can use a phone, you can use a, an entry level DSLR, or you know you can use a Sony mirrorless, or you can get some of these cine cameras. But in terms of DSLR, I think number one, if you are a hybrid shooter, if you're shooting pictures and video, great, yes. definitely for you. 
if you don't have a big budget and you want to invest in other things like camera support systems and rigs and lights and lenses, uh, audio equipment, if you're going to do you know full filmmaker package, then yes. And tell me if you disagree with any of this oh, stuff. Uh, and but like, and you could probably do the same thing with the mirrorless, like, but it's going to cost you twice as much. Give it to yes. you know. Um, I th- and you know, I, I think I got my camera for a little less than a thousand, and I got mine. I mean, just full full uh, disclosure as well. I got mine because I had owned camera candid cameras previously, and I already had Canon glass, yes. and I didn't want to invest in a whole new system. Uh, and that's a that's definitely a question for you if you're going to jump over or not. Do you want to get? Because I don't want to shoot with adapters. Also, adapters are just expensive as expensive as lenses. I mean, it's like an extra four or five hundred dollars, even more. Right to use glass that you already own. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, I I think it really depends on what. You should, and also, you know, if you want to do stuff like time lapses. If you if you if you're a big time lapse shooter, then shooting DSLR and being able to, you know, maybe take those if you, if you use high quality, you can shoot raw pictures, put them into Photoshop, tweak them, and put together an amazing looking time lapse yes. or a hyper lapse and lose zero quality, That's true. Uh, which is great, which you can't do with a video camera. But um, you know, and then for but if you're an ENG shooter or if you're doing a lot of event work or if you're doing you know, a lot of run and gun type work where you're, you need an all-in-one kit um, because the audio is terrible on DSLRs for the most yeah. part. Um, you know, they, I have to, I, I use an external recorder with mine. Do you use an external recorder? Um, yes, um, the H1 or sometimes I just run something else. Yeah, so, um, you know, if you're, if you're like the running and gunning is great, but you're going to need a separate audio setup. Yes. The preamps are pretty terrible. They don't sound great, but... Uh, this is just stuff to factor in, and you really have to. It's. I think it's usually comes down to budget. Comes down to budget. It comes down to what you really need and what you really want to do with it. We're gonna wrap up here in a minute, but uh, in terms of the projects that you've been going on, um, what have you leaped over to, like a G5, GH5, or, or like a Panasonic or a Sony for? So, when it comes down to like the the Panasonics, um, Panasonic cameras. I probably only really will use them for narrative work. Like I feel that is one that's one of the only like cameras, like DSLR cameras right now, that has that could actually be almost almost image wise compared to like a red, right? Like, Alexa, like you know, the color space is there. Um, it's it's just a great camera, but you know it also comes down to what kind of videos you want to do. Like if you were going narrative work, I would go for the Panasonic. If you want to do um, Event, I'll I'll go somewhere between Sony and Canon. And get a video camera as opposed to a DSLR. Unless you're shooting stills as well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it really all depends what you want to do. Because the whole thing about it is, this is uh, if you jump, let's say, to the C100s, the cinema cameras, now you have a good camera, but now it's, it's bulky in comparison. Yeah. People are going to notice this camera. So if you're going to be outside and you don't want people really you know, looking at you or trying to figure out what's happening, especially, you know, we've been out in shoots where we're just shooting some stuff and then people come, even without, even with a DSLR and right. what's going on. But now you have a bigger camera at hand, you know, you draw, well, you it draw draws attention. attention. And if you're, if you're, you know, if you're in New York city or any city where you're running around the city, a, a lighter camera, you know, like, and being able to carry that and your lensing at the same time without breaking your back is huge. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I got the camera I got as opposed to a, a bigger, bulkier camera. Because oh, yeah. I'm always I'm always schlepping, you yeah. know. And 
you know, it's you feel every ounce. Yes, you, you do. know. I mean, I, I literally sit there and hold <laughs> lenses before I hit the road. I'm like, you know, which one am I taking with me? Because, uh, you know, I, I don't, I just don't want the extra weight. No, I hear you. Um, but like, um, so definitely, I, I think they're good for some things. They're not great for everything. They they have, but it really comes down to how much can you, how much can you afford? What are you shooting? Uh, and um, ultimately, where is this showing? Yes. You know. Yes. Um, but if you're but if you're doing stuff for you know Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, it's perfect. 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 Um, when you start to get to bigger screens, then you might want to look into you know higher resolution cameras. Anyway, so uh, we got to wrap up here. But um, tell me, Hernan, uh, do you have any upcoming projects? Um, we just finished um, shooting a short called S'mores. Um, it's an interesting topic. It talks about depression, um, the, um, people coping with depression after um, um, a friend commits suicide. Wow. And the fact is, just like, you know, with everything that's happening lately and, like, you know, we we, we, fin- we just finished shooting it and, you know, we're, we're in post right now. We just got greenlit with um, Steven Sparks. So we got 80% of the money and hopefully with by the end of the week we should be fully endorsed. Fantastic. And where can people find you on the web, Hernan? Um so you can find on any social media at produce underscore by underscore H. So we're gonna wrap up, but thanks for coming and thank you for joining us. As always, you can find more episodes of this show on our website, btrp.nyc slash podcast. You can also find us on all the major podcast channels, Anchor, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. etc. Please like, share, subscribe, and do all that stuff that you do on the web. Once again I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Hernan Ferrer. Thanks for coming. Thank you. And uh, for Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby and we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.